0: Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. President Biden urges lawmakers to avoid a looming government shutdown. Plus, after the hot start for newly approved Bitcoin ETFs, are other crypto funds next?
1: Some analysts believe that because we already have spot Bitcoin ETFs, it's very likely that these spot Ether ETFs will be approved. That it's more of a matter of when, not if.
0: And Canada proposes forcing social media platforms to remove harmful content. It's Tuesday, February 27th. I'm Luke Vargas for The Wall Street Journal, and here is the AM edition of What's News? The top headlines and business stories moving your world today. We begin in Washington, where President Biden is meeting today with House and Senate leaders as the federal government barrels toward a partial shutdown on Friday evening. Biden is hoping to break a logjam that has hamstrung Congress as the Republican House and Democratic Senate have deferred on their responsibility to set full fiscal year spending levels, leaving the government running on a series of temporary extensions since September. House Speaker Mike Johnson has told Republicans that lawmakers should expect to vote to finalize spending levels for agencies whose funding expires in the coming days. However, party infighting in the House is raising the prospect that a temporary shutdown may be unavoidable. Meanwhile, President Biden is adding pressure to negotiators racing to broker a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, saying that Israel has agreed to halt its Gaza war during Ramadan if Hamas releases hostages. Israel declined to comment on Biden's remarks. Biden also offered the White House's most detailed timeline yet about a possible ceasefire as negotiators hope to avoid an Israeli ground operation in the crowded southern Gaza city of Rafah.
1: I hope by the beginning of the
0: weekend, I mean the end of the weekend. At least hey, my, yeah. my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. We're not done yet. And my hope is by next
1: Monday we'll have a ceasefire.
0: Biden's comments came on the eve of today's Michigan primary. The state is home to the largest percentage of Arab Americans in the U.S. and pro-Palestinian activists and young voters are pushing voters to select uncommitted rather than cast a ballot for the president in order to register disapproval with his pro-Israel stance. Donald Trump is expected to win Michigan's GOP primary, though former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley has pledged to remain in the race through Super Tuesday on March 5th. Officials in Canada are proposing new rules to compel digital platforms to remove harmful content, as well as a new digital safety commission that would be tasked with enforcement. Journal Tech reporter Sam Schechner. This is the latest in a string of governments trying to make online platforms and specifically social media more responsible for what their users post on the internet. For decades, the deal had kind of been that they had a a quote-unquote safe harbor, that they were just hosting this material. And unless they were notified that there was something wrong with it, they weren't responsible for taking it down. Canada now is proposing rules that would give these platforms a duty to either ensure that certain types of material isn't published or take it down once notified, very much in line with the sort of approach that we've seen passed already into law in the European Union and more recently in the UK. The Canadian rules would specifically cover content featuring the sexual exploitation of children, as well as the non-consensual posting of intimate images known as revenge porn. And leaked documents have revealed that private companies are tracking ethnic minorities on behalf of China's spying and surveillance programs. Hacked files from Chinese cybersecurity firm iSoon were uploaded to online developer platform GitHub before being removed and detail how China's government uses surveillance to impose political controls inside and outside of its borders. Journal analysis of the documents shows Beijing has been particularly focused on the threat posed by ethnic minority groups such as the Uyghurs, though chat logs also showed the firm was offering to monitor Tibetan exiles in India. I soon and China's Ministry of Public Security didn't respond to a request for comment. Coming up, Bitcoin is continuing to rally following last month's approval of ETFs trading the crypto. And now, Wall Street is setting its sights on making another digital coin readily available for retail investors. We've got that story and much more after the break. This message is brought to you by Nuveen. Nuveen has provided investment excellence for 125 years. A lot has changed, but one thing that remains constant, including the different types of durable income and portfolios, can help investors meet their goals. With expertise across income and alternatives, Nuveen continues to expand its capabilities while maintaining its legacy as a leading investment manager. Visit Nuveen.com to learn more. Investing involves risk, loss of principal is possible. Bitcoin topped $57,000 last night as the crypto continues to rally following last month's regulatory approval of the first exchange-traded funds for the digital currency. That approval of Bitcoin as part of the traditional financial system has bolstered the case for more cryptos to be made available through ETFs, with investors now setting their sights on the next digital coin. Our Kate Bullivant spoke with Journal Crypto reporter Vicky Gehuang and began by asking her about just how popular those Bitcoin funds have become.
1: Yeah, so since the launch of these spot Bitcoin ETFs in mid-January, they have really seen a lot of inflows from investors. These are probably one of the most, if not the most successful ETF launches ever, so Nine of these ETFs from big Wall Street asset managers, such as BlackRock and Fidelity Investments, have seen $13 billion in investor inflows. So that means investors have put $13 billion in nine of these funds. And you write that that's
0: prompting Wall Street firms to look at the next crypto asset they can make available to retail investors.
1: So last year, a lot of Wall Street asset managers, including BlackRock, again, filed for spot Ethereum ETFs and Ether, which is the second largest cryptocurrency, is the natural next crypto to look at because for the longest time, there have been futures contracts tied to Bitcoin traded on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which is regulated by the CFTC. And Ether is the only other cryptocurrency with futures contracts also traded on the CME.
0: Okay, so Ether futures are trading on a regulated exchange. Yet we are talking about a smaller and riskier crypto than Bitcoin. What has the Securities and Exchange Commission said about potentially approving or rejecting Ether ETFs?
1: So the SEC hasn't really given a clear signal or indication as to whether it will approve or deny these applications. Some analysts believe that because we already have spot Bitcoin ETFs on the market, it's very likely that these spot Ether ETFs will be approved. That is more of a matter of when, not if, just because we have the similar dynamic and both are considered to be pretty big cryptocurrencies that are more established than the rest of the crypto market. But then on the other hand, Ether is very, very different from Bitcoin in the sense that with Bitcoin, you have these computers that mine Bitcoin through this process where they, they get more Bitcoin by solving complex puzzles or mathematical problems. With Ether, it's more like any owners of Ether, you can pledge your Ether holdings and computing power to help the Ethereum blockchain verify transactions. This process is called staking, and staking has been deemed as sort of a securities offering by the SEC. In fact, the SEC sued crypto exchanges Kraken and Coinbase last year, saying their staking offerings were basically operating as unregistered securities all this time. So that definitely adds more uncertainty and complications to these spot Ether ETF applications.
0: And if Ether ETFs are given the green light, will this roll out the carpet for smaller, potentially even more volatile crypto assets?
1: That's what a lot of sceptics are saying as to why the SEC shouldn't approve these spot Ether ETFs because they believe that if you were to approve these Ether ETFs, then you can approve ETFs holding other alternative cryptocurrencies that are smaller, more volatile, and riskier. But then there is another camp of analysts saying that it's Pretty unlikely, just because it goes back to the futures contracts argument that there are only two types of crypto linked futures contracts traded on the CME, a regulated venue. And those are Bitcoin futures contracts and Ether futures contracts. So that makes it unlikely for ETFs holding other cryptocurrencies to come to market.
0: That was WSJ crypto reporter Vicky Go huang Vicky, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Japan's consumer prices rose at the slowest pace in nearly two years in January, yet remain above expectations, backing views that the central bank will end its longstanding policy of negative interest rates this spring. As markets reporter Chelsea Delaney explains, stubborn core inflation means the Bank of Japan can begin catching up to other central banks who aggressively hiked rates last year.
1: On the one hand, price growth, did slow. It came in at about 2.2%. It's down from 2.6% in December, but it's still above the Bank of Japan's target of 2%. And similarly to what we're seeing in the US and Europe, headline prices are slowing a lot, but what is coming down much slower are core prices. So if you exclude food, if you exclude energy, um, consumer prices in Japan slowed to 3.5% from 3.7%. So that's a much slower Decline. We're going to see something similar when the U.S. reports a key inflation figure on Thursday. Core prices are only expected to tick down uh, to 2.8 percent. So core price growth, which is what central banks are really focused on right now, is coming down slower than overall price growth.
0: And persistently high core prices would further delay any potential rate cuts by other central banks like the Fed. Chevron's $53 billion deal for energy company Hess is in jeopardy after a possible challenge from oil giant ExxonMobil. According to a regulatory filing from Chevron, ExxonMobil and CNUC, a Chinese state-owned oil company, say they have the right to counter Chevron's offer for Hess's stake in an oil project off Guyana, which Exxon operates and which is one of the largest oil finds in years. The development is a potential blow to Chevron's largest acquisition in years, though it isn't clear if Exxon and Scenic will make a counteroffer. An Exxon spokeswoman said that conversations with Hess and Chevron are set to continue and that the company is working with the Guyanese government on the matter. Hess referred inquiries to Chevron and Scenic didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. And some of the world's biggest investors are flocking to a new type of battery that could slash emissions in making everything from steel to cement. Investors like BlackRock, Saudi Aramco, and Rio Tinto are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into so-called thermal batteries, often blocks, rocks, or molten salts, which can be charged by renewable energy and release heat on demand to power industrial processes without burning any fossil fuels. It's a technology that climate finance reporter Amrit Ramkumar told us could be rolled out at scale over the coming years. Heat batteries are really attractive and important because industrial heat is about a fifth of global energy use and something like 10% of all global emissions. So these occur in areas that are known as hard to decarbonize or hard to abate. These companies just don't have clean energy solutions. So if heat batteries can be a cost competitive solution with natural gas today, that could be a game changer for accelerating the fight against climate change. The other thing to keep in mind is that a lot of these companies have made clean energy promises and climate promises saying they're going to slash emissions by 2030. We're already at 2024 and a lot of these companies have made little progress and they don't have the technologies they need. So that's why things like heat batteries are getting a lot of attention, a lot of investment as potentially appealing solutions that can help change that puzzle. And that is What's News for Tuesday Morning. Today's episode was produced by Kate Bullivant and Charlie Duffield. Our supervising producer is Sandra Kilhoff, and I'm Luke Vargas for The Wall Street Journal. We will be back tonight with a new show. Until then, thanks for listening. This message comes from Viking